There are three Advent readings tonight, one from Isaiah and two from the Gospel of Mark. The reading from Isaiah is chapter 40, starting at verse 1 to verse 5, then verse 10 to 11, can be found on page 724 in the regular pew Bibles, or 1147 in the large print Bibles. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling, in the desert prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all mankind together will see it, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power, and his arm rules for him. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Now turning to Mark chapter 1, reading verse 1 to 8, which can be found on the other side of the Bible. It can be found on page 1002 or page 1603. The beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John came, baptizing in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and clothing made of, and he ate locusts and honey. And this was his message. After me will come one more powerful than I, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Then turning to chapter 13, reading verse 24 to 26. But in those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, men will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Hi everyone, good evening. Are we all all right? Had a good weekend? Who has got their Christmas tree already? That's quite a few of you. The Norris family, that was our big, that was our big task of yesterday. And uh, it was a freezing day, wasn't it? So we went down to the place that, where it seems everyone goes to in the world to get their Christmas tree. And uh, so we, we went there, we got, a, we got a tree, we had the whole debate over the tree. And, um, 
we finally sort of got it home. I, I queued up with Fred, my youngest, just to go and see um, Father Christmas. That was only for an hour and a half, so that was fine. And then uh, got home, we, we put it up, and that's a bit of an effort, isn't it? And uh, then Bex and I had a little argument over the, the lights on the tree. Um, I, know, I, know, I know you guys never argue. Um, so I just want to ask you, with tree lights, do you start at the top and go around and then just plug it in the wall? Or, or do you start at the bottom and go up to the top? So from the bottom up, please could you put your hands up in the air? Okay, from the top down. Yes, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it, all these things that cause tension. Anyway, <laughs> if you're visiting tonight, you're very welcome. My name's Mike, I lead the church. And basically, we've been doing this um, series called Building Our Community. We've been looking at certain topics each week for maybe the last two months. And Tonight is the culmination of that series, and uh, tonight, as I said last week, is a, is a place, we want to be a place where we can tell our stories. And basically, um, this is really, really uh, exciting. Uh, I said to you last week, who here feels God has done anything exciting in your life this term? And uh, about 40 or 50 of you put your hands up. So I'm really going to look forward to hearing from you all in a minute, and I can see you all clamming up and looking at the floor, but be brave tonight, it's going to be great. I asked Nat to read those readings, those Advent readings, uh, because in this season in the church, we look back at what Christ has done, don't we? And uh, the prophets, all the prophets ached for the coming Messiah, and in Isaiah chapter 40, you get this extraordinary picture of what uh, the Messiah will do when he comes. Every valley will be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places are plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed. The prophets ate, 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 ate for this time. Hundreds of years after the Lord spoke that to Isaiah, uh, in a stable in Bethlehem, uh, the Messiah was born. This is what we celebrate uh, at Christmas, the birth of Jesus Christ. And uh, then we pick up the story. He grows up in relative anonymity, and then... Uh, John the Baptist picks up the story as we heard at the beginning of Mark's gospel. He refers to that prophecy in Isaiah of the coming of Messiah and uh, says, actually, um, this person is coming. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. And John did baptize, but he said this, after me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals are not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So in this season, it's important in the church, uh, I suggest that we look back and remember uh, this coming uh, Messiah, who Jesus is, this extraordinary thing we're caught up with, and we look back and remember and celebrate the birth of Christ. But in Advent, we also don't forget, uh, we also uh, are anticipating the return of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus was born, he came out of the desert, he was baptized by John, and he lived this extraordinary life that we've been exploring over the last few weeks. And uh, for, for, you know, uh, we speak about this life all the time, don't we? He was crucified, he died, and uh, before he was ascended into heaven, he said to his disciples, uh, guys, I'm going to be leaving you. I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. He's going to fill you. He's going to enable you to follow me. He's going to speak uh, the truth to you. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to encourage you. He's going to comfort you. He's going to be like a counselor. 
and uh, he will come. So just wait for him to come. Jesus goes, he's seated at the right hand of the Father, the Spirit's poured out, the church is birthed. And um, basically, as with those disciples, we find ourselves in a time between the coming of Christ and his ascending into heaven, and we're waiting for him to come back again. And uh, uh, we long for that time. And it's really, really important because that's a great source of hope, isn't it? The fact that we're gonna actually see Christ face to face And he will come back, uh, as Mark records at the end of his gospel. At that time, the people will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. So this is what we remember at Christmas. We don't just look back. We also look forward, anticipate uh, that Jesus is coming back. And so we find ourselves, like the disciples did, in a time of uh, waiting in a time of faithfully uh, following Christ, following his teachings. And um, basically, the reason I'm saying all of this is because the church has recommended all sorts of practices, activities to actually sustain us as we wait for the return of Christ, as we build the kingdom, coming to church, reading scripture, praying, that sort of thing. But one of the things uh, we're also encouraged to do is tell our stories. And telling our stories is really, really powerful. And it's there all through the Bible, the power and the importance of telling our stories. Psalm 44, we've heard it with our ears, O God. Our ancestors have told us what you did in their days, in days long ago. Psalm 145, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. I could keep going. Isaiah 12, give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he's done. Or uh, perhaps one of the most famous um, references to us telling our stories of who Jesus is and what he's done comes in Revelation. Uh, And uh, this is what it says. They triumphed over him. This is speaking about uh, the devil, actually, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So, On this last Sunday in this series, I'm basically inviting you just to reflect on this term the last few months uh, and come and just share what God has been doing, what God has been encouraging you with so we can all hear this and draw great uh, encouragement from it. So if you could form a small queue, my right hand side, are we all clear on how this is gonna work? You'll come forward, I'll say, hey, what's your name? I'll probably name, know your name, so don't be offended. I'm just for the benefit of people who don't. Now I'm just gonna ask you, what, what, what encouraging stuff has God been doing this term? Sound like a plan? Okay, so please don't knock me over when you come forward. But if we can have uh, just a cue starting here, that would be wonderful. Let's just, well, Josh is offering, but no, we're gonna have an awkward silence, Josh. See, look, they're coming. They always do, they're coming. Let's give Graham a round of applause. Graham, look, Amy's coming. Former Q. So Graham, don't be shy, do come up. So um, your name is Graham. I'm, I'm, I can <laughs> confirm that for you. Thankfully it is, yes. Yeah. Well, great, well thanks for coming out. No so what, what, what has God been doing this term you want to just speak about? Well, I, I just really wanted to talk about the life course very briefly. So um, almost as an afterthought, I went to see a friend of mine, uh, I think probably the day before it started, and they said yes, and it's an elderly person in my road. And uh, it's just been such a privilege to be on the course. 
Now, I don't really know what my expectation of it was, to be quite frank. Um, but the, uh, uh, some bloke spoke, he was all right. But, um, <laughs> but what was really amazing was that you, you kind of get it that people don't, aren't persuaded into the kingdom. I get that. And you're, you're looking for God to work. But we had things like, you know, people would go and they would, they would say at the end of the session, yeah, you know, I, really, I really need to read my Bible. These are people who have not been to church for years and years. And one of the people went home and found a Bible they were given in 1946 or something and tried to read it and stuff like that. It was just amazing. And um, there was, there's one part of the life course we actually get to pray for people. And I have to say, I kind of thought, crikey, are we really going to do this? And, but people were just like, yeah, come and pray for me. So we ended up praying for people who were, who were not really church. It was just amazing. I mean, you would know this because you asked for feedback and people were saying, yeah, you know, I really felt something. I felt a peace or whatever. And I have to say that whole eight weeks was just quite extraordinary. So oh, thank you, Greg. So that, that's the life course, this course we've been running. As a church, you know, as I've spoken about, one of our values is we don't want to be an inward-looking holy huddle and all become like that. We're actually trying to be uh, welcoming people in. That's what Jesus calls us to do. So we've got this thing called the life course and we just speak about Christ, hopefully in a, in a reasonably relaxed, accessible kind of way. Trusting him to do what he does through his spirit, which is bring people to faith. And we have had a great sort of... That's been fantastic. We've had a Absolutely great number fantastic. of weeks, haven't we? Yeah, it was excellent. Well, thank you for saying no, that. I appreciate that. Can I get a clap? Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, Amy, this is spooky. You've actually been on the live course, haven't you? So yeah, I've done it twice. You've done it twice. Yeah. How have you found it? Oh, I won't look at your code, don't worry. It's, finger- <laughs> it's fingerprint. I have, do, I have to hide it from my boys all the time, my code. It's well, boring. I've been coming to St. Saviour's since September 2013. I attended the life course in the new year and then knew who I'd been talking to in my head, who had helped me in the hard times. So when another life course came up, my husband and I attended together. On the day away, Mike said to to us to let the spirit in which I have done tried several times before and nothing has happened anyway this time I gave my everything I told the Lord I loved him trusted him knew he he knew everything about me and still loved me I have now forgiven and know I cannot be hurt by any of my past and I know the Lord is by my side always and the word and the world is such a clearer place now Wow, awesome. Welcome, welcome. Hey, well done. Thank you. But it's the power of God, isn't it? The gospel is the power of God. It's not just words. The Apostle Paul, Jesus demonstrates the power of God to transform, to change, to redeem, to heal, to save. And uh, Amy, that's just very, very exciting. Thank you. Sarah. Expecting to do this, but anyway, here I am. That's no, good. It's good. <laughs> uh, a few things, briefly, each one of them. Um, the first is that I think it is just such a privilege when you see young children growing in faith mm. and working in the Trekkers ministry. I've seen that a lot over the past year, and sometimes it's not very apparent. Sometimes it's you know quite silently. But every time you see it, it is, it's quite extraordinary. And you know this is something that is being embedded in them for the rest of their lives. And that yeah. is what is so fundamental yeah. about it. That's the first thing. The second thing is that for the far last well, couple of years, really, 
Um, I've been involved in a, and the Bible study is too grand a word, but it's a morning talking about God with a lot of the Trekkers parents, and that's grown and grown. And once a term, we do it for all the Trekkers parents, and there's always a sort of 10-minute bit where we talk about God. But out of that has come a group where we meet every other week and talk about God and pray together. And that has grown and grown. It includes Amy and, and many others who were not coming along to church a year or two ago. And the openness, is it's, it's wonderful to see people week by week um, just uh, being more and more open. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so I, I just thank God for that. The third thing I want to say is that it's just been the most extraordinary year for us as a life group. We've had a, a lady called Rita in our group who had um, motor neuron disease. She died about um, a month ago now. And um, she had quite a profound effect on our whole life group. Towards the end, she was, um, she was paralyzed. She couldn't speak. And it's that, that lovely verse that says, though outwardly I am wasting away, inwardly I am being renewed day by day. And when you are meeting week by week in, uh, in the presence of somebody for whom that is happening, it has such an effect. For us as a life group, we learned incredible things about how painful life can be as a Christian mm. and how bewildering and Rita's death was hard mm. and it was, mm. it, was, it was not easy, it was not even peaceful and yet you knew at the end that she was only holding on to one thing, that, that this world was, was disappearing before her eyes and she knew that there was only one thing that lay ahead mm. of her and we as a life group without exception, every one of us has grown through uh, through being alongside her, and that included um, her friends and family coming from, or, you know, she was, she was Dutch, her friends, family came over from Holland, other people came over from Italy, and they joined our life group each week, and it was lovely sharing the gospel with them. So. Yeah, that's amazing, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Good year, thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Wow, Sammy. It's great, isn't it, to hear those encouraging stories from our, our ministry amount, special families and all the great stuff with the, the, the midweek groups and also um, just how amazing Rita's uh, life group were. I was at the funeral and just hearing uh, just the impact of that and uh, how God has used her life and uh, brought you guys together. It's really, really amazing, actually, because life uh, is full of joy. It's also full of struggles, isn't it, as well? And, Lots of stuff happens to us that we wish wouldn't happen to us, but you know, God is faithful, and this is what we celebrate and remember uh, in Advent. So that was the first three. Who's gonna be the next three? Just checking my watch. What time is this service meant to end? Look, everyone's, look, everyone's running forward now. I mean, this is just, we've got stampede. Um, okay, what was your name? John, great to see you. What do you want to sort of give thanks to God uh, for? It's quite sort of simple and down to earth compared with some of the things we've been hearing really, but the last few weeks I've been through quite a lot of personal turmoil, um, just in my head and in what I'm doing and with my family and my work. And, but through all that, God has brought me back here brought me back to him. It might not be here, it might be another church, I don't know, but it's, at the moment it's here because this is the church I'm comfortable with and I've been here for 
25, 30 years, and so it's, it's where I come to, to be with him. Mm. And he's just brought me back here. He's never let go of me. He's never shot me off and said, you sort your life out and then come back to me. He's, yeah. He said, no, come to church, come and, come and be with me, and we'll sort it out together. Mm-hmm. And it's not sorted out yet, and there's still some way to go, but I know that he's going to be there with me mm. all that time. So I just praise him for bringing me back here. Well, it's lovely to have you here. Well done. Thank you. And God says, isn't he, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And he welcomes all and uh, all of our lives. We're all pretty broken people, aren't we, with imperfect stuff. We've all got stuff going on in our lives that probably shouldn't be going on in our lives or really difficult stuff as well as the fun stuff. But God welcomes all, doesn't he? and wants to bring healing to all and never withholds his relationship or his presence from us. It's this amazing thing uh, that we just remember uh, and celebrate at Christmas. Sorry for that ramble. That's right. What was your name? Hal. Hal, hi. And actually that ramble was perfect. Because Thank you very much. <laughs> the reason I say that is I've stepped up here with no idea what I'm going to say. And, and that is the point. It's actually, it's my building confidence. I'm a, I'm a newbie Christian. Uh, I, was, I was baptized, maybe it's two years ago now, but, and I found it um, quite difficult, to be honest, yeah. and all sorts of things getting in the way and challenging me and actually making it difficult and um, you know, going up, a little bit of up and down. I say, have I really made the right decision? Everything seems to be going wrong. But I found that my confidence in trusting the Lord is just building and building. And I, each time I step out, I get a bit more confidence. Something new is happening inside me, and it's causing excitement. I'm, I've become a street angel uh, earlier this year, and I'm, that just being so rewarding to me in just the more I give, the more I receive. And as I say, I had no idea what to, I was going to say when I stepped up here, but I just want to say thank you. Thank you, Hal. That's awesome. This uh, Jesus we follow, he says this, doesn't he? In this life you will experience what? Trouble. And we often forget that, don't we? And uh, we often feel, oh gosh, is it just us who's struggling? Or, oh my gosh, is it just me? But actually, um, you know... It's great to have some honesty and those sorts of stories because uh, God is faithful. Life is difficult. Uh, I don't want to be uh, focusing on the difficulties, but there is a reality, isn't it? It's quite a struggle being a Christian today in 2014 and actually following him in a faithful way. But uh, he's here, he's faithful, and uh, walks with us. Tom, uh, do we want to hear from Tom or not really? Um, We do. I'm only winding up, Tom. It's great. Tom is great, isn't he? He's absolutely brilliant. Well, I'm here just to primarily speak on behalf of Kate, actually, just a a story to encourage us. Um, Back in the summer, uh, Kate and I were thinking about how we, and particularly she, could uh, meet people who were open to God, who she didn't currently know. And she was conscious that in Guildford, most of the people she knew were Christians through the church. So we prayed into that. And uh, she quickly identified that meeting uh, mothers of children of a similar age to Clara, which is sort of a year and a half now, um, was a great way 
to find these people. So we started praying that God would just lead her uh, to people who were open to faith. And uh, gradually over the months, she's just met a succession of people, mainly at the park actually, or at the children's center, all places that aren't Christian, but where people um, who are young mothers particularly gather. And uh, she just started sort of having coffee with them and uh, inviting them around for play dates and things like that. And just to tell you um, how one of those has borne fruit, although many of them have become friends of hers, um, she met uh, a lady at the park and uh, started talking to her about faith and uh, discovered that her husband uh, was once a Christian or, or had been going to church in the past and had been asking his wife whether she'd go to church and she wasn't very keen. Uh, but once she got to know Kate and Kate invited her to come, they both came with their daughter um, and they've come every week since. So they came to the first Sunday that the new services started and they've come every week and uh, he's joined the life group that we've just started that Virgo and Heather are leading. Um, and it's just been wonderful. And just a reminder that we all have a park, by which I mean we all have a place where we meet people and potentially could just get to know them a bit. And that's where people who might be keen to make an, a new friend might be open to just get to know someone who's friendly. And for Kate, that has just been a, a wonderful place. And I just want to encourage us to pray into what is that place for you? What is the place where you meet people who might be up for a new friend in this town and pray that God would do amazing things through it. And I've been really encouraged by what he's done through this for us. That was brilliant, Tom. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's interesting, at the beginning of Mark's gospel, those passage, passages I read, you know, the, the message of Jesus and what he's done is called uh, good news, isn't it? That's the gospel. And yet often we think, oh, it's slightly embarrassing news or, or I better not say anything or it's irrelevant news or people aren't going to be interested. But actually we've heard tonight, haven't we, from a number of people how open people are uh, uh, to, the, to the gospel, to the message of Jesus. And um, it's a, there's a challenge there, isn't it? I'm thinking, oh my gosh, uh, there's a challenge, isn't there? Just to be speaking about our faith, to be uh, seeking to introduce people to God. And, uh, you know, he is so faithful when we step out and take some risks. So that's wonderful. Fergal, you're obviously, are you part of this group that Tom was talking about? Well, he flatters me by saying that I'm leading it because Heather's been leading it and I've been about well done, now Heather. Again. Um, I wanted to talk about taking risks, um, which is what you were just talking about, because seven years ago I uh, got rung up by some headhunters and asked to go out and be the regional director in the Middle East for a, a su support services company. So um, took the children out of school, told Heather to resign from her job, and off we went to Abu Dhabi. And six weeks later, decided that the whole thing had been a complete disaster. The job had fallen to pieces pretty, pretty much. It wasn't the job I was expecting. The schools um, seemed to be full of uh, drug addicts. Um, our youngest, Nina, couldn't stand her school. And the church we were going, for, uh, going to just did not seem where we should be going. So um, on about Wednesday of the day before Easter, Heather said, should we just go back? So I said, well, why don't you check whether the school places are, are available? So she rang up and she said, yeah, the school places are, are open. So she said, well, wouldn't it be great if we could be back here at church on Easter day? So we came back and we were picked up by friends from our previous um, life group, I think, um, given pizza, restored, but I had no job. Uh, and I started praying with a group of blokes up 
just in the coffee lounge, um, quite regularly, probably three or four people. And um, one evening, um, they were praying for me, and they, they, they just said, well, we see this picture of God, um, of you covered in kind of precious jewels. And I thought, that's a bit odd. And I said, well, we think God's going to really bless you materially. And at the moment, I was thinking, well, I'm not quite sure how we're going to pay our mortgage next month because I literally haven't got anything, and I had to get my mother to help me out with some cash. Um, anyway, a few weeks later, um, I got a phone call um, from um, a friend of Adrian Watts. I don't know, some people will know him. And they'd been to a Eurostar reunion where they'd used to work, and she said, oh, we just won this, um, this friend of his who, who used to work for him, said, oh, we've just won this contract, and um, trouble is... We don't know anything about education. And, and, um, and he said, oh, well, I know a friend who knows something about education. So I um, went and spoke to this company and started a tiny little education business with two of us. There was you know, a little bit of funding from the government. Um, and in March of this year, um, the, the business was valued at 18 million pounds. This is after seven years. Um, and uh, we've got new backers in, um, and we now have 40% of the schools in the country. And that blessing, that material blessing, has happened in seven years. And I, I was thinking there, oh, no, I'm not going to say anything, I'm not going to say anything. Hang on. Well, God, you have been such a faithful God. Mm. You, you, know, you spoke to me then through these blokes, um, and you have absolutely done what you said you were going to do. And now I kind of think I feel responsible for sharing that. That's amazing, isn't it? That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. We believe, don't we, uh, that God doesn't just speak through his word. He, he speaks through his spirit. So there's a very encouraging, uh, almost prophetic picture someone's had for Fergal that's proved to be uh, true and come, come to pass. So that's wonderful, isn't it? Josh, come on, let's hear yours. Okay, this is sort of similar to Fergal's in a way. It's just um, how a prophetic word has impacted Daisy and I, actually. And um, I think about this time last year, we were still in Watford. We were, we were really happy. And to, to think that I'd be standing here now, you know, new area, new job, baby, you know, you know just, just seems crazy. But basically what happened was... Um, this guy called Wayne Drain come, uh, came to Soul Survivor Watford, where we were um, at the time, and uh, he he has this. He's quite a prophetic guy, so you know he he, uh, he hears from the Lord. And he has this little yellow notepad, and he writes stuff down. And um, so he, what happens is he arrives at the beginning of a service, just looks around, asks the Lord, you know, who are you asking me to speak to? And um, and this is what he wrote. So he wrote. Um, so he wrote, girl, blonde hair. Second row, left middle in the green top, which, which was Daisy. And um, so this was on the uh, 3rd of um, February 2014, and it says this. There was a little bit at the beginning, which I'll miss out. And then it says, um, your life is transition out of one season into another. Finish this season well and move forward in faith. Things will begin to turn in May, June. So May, June was actually when I was offered the job here at St. Saviour's. And um, a significant su summer repositioned in September, October. So we moved down here in September. And um, the call on your life is real. Be at peace. 
God is for you. And that was just amazing. It's just that we had no idea. You know, we got given this piece of paper from this guy who we, we'd never met before, never had a conversation with. But just the stuff that, you know, has come to fruition off that piece of yellow paper is just unreal. You know, to think in February, we hadn't, we hadn't had contact with St. Saviour's at that point. We hadn't, you know, you know the, the thought of moving to Surrey or living in Guildford, you know, it was, just wasn't on the cards. And now to look back on that and look how the Lord's used that is, is phenomenal. Like, yeah, so that's been amazing. That's great, isn't it? Well done, Josh. So, uh, just encouraging, isn't it? You know, we just throw open the floor, the microphone for 20 minutes or whatever that was. Great stories, isn't it? Of what God is doing uh, in each other's lives. All sorts of different stories, all sorts of people in different places. But God's faithfulness... God encountering his people, God just leading us on uh, through life, championing us on and, and just being for us. So it's amazing, isn't it, that this God who comes in Christ in Bethlehem, who lives this life, who pours out his spirit in this strange way is still with us. He doesn't leave us as orphans. He actually sends his spirit to uh, actually live within us and to uh, lead and guide us as we go through life, the spirit of Jesus. So what we're going to do, we're going to stand, we're going to sing a song, then we're going to have the opportunity just to wait on the Holy Spirit, see what the Spirit of God wants to do tonight, and uh, have the opportunity for some ministry, people to be prayed for, uh, we might get some words, whatever it is. And so let's stand together. <laughs>